Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. John chapter number 12, verse number 1. The Bible says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Verse 2, There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Amen. For a little while this morning, with the help of the Lord, I'd like to minister this. Amen. Taken from verse number three, a phrase there. The odor of the ointment. The odor of the ointment. Will you join me right now one more time as we gather our voices in prayer? Father, I come to you, Lord Jesus, this morning. I'm in need, God, of your presence in this place. We need your guidance and your direction. I pray, oh Lord, that you're able to help us. God, mark every air from my mind and from my lips. God, let's what's spoken, Lord, make some sense, Lord. I pray, God, to these people, Lord, that are sitting before me today. I pray, Lord, you're able to touch our lives afresh and anew, God, by your spirit. Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. Help me, God, walk away, Jesus, with that fragrance, Lord Jesus, God, just admitting God from my life. And I thank you for it, and I praise you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen, amen. Everybody say amen. Yeah. Amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Is there, is there anybody here that came to church with any perfume on today? Well, it's kind of comforting and discomforting at the same time. How about any cologne on some men's? Anybody where? No, you just smell good all by yourself. Okay, I understand. Amen. Anybody, anybody come in this morning? Now, this, this takes us back just a few years. And uh, those that are uh, a few years advanced in their years may understand what I'm talking about. No, is there anybody here that wears Chanel number no. five? Now, there's, look at that right there. Nadine Dion. Where Chanel number five. So I'm going to preach about Sister Nadine this morning. <laughs> Chanel number, I say that uh, for those of maybe a more modern generation, maybe not as acquainted, but I think overall uh, throughout uh, almost a full century that people have been acquainted, if nothing more, if they're not acquainted with the fragrance, they're acquainted with the, 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 the uh, title of it uh, itself. Chanel, it just rolls off your tongue just so easily. Chanel number five. Because for a better part of a century, a better part of a century, a hundred years, the scent of Chanel number five has been uh, denoted as being just a, a whisper of something that says that we are in the presence. You ready for this, Sister Nadine? That we are in the presence of something rich and sensuous. Now, you don't even know who you are in the presence of this morning. I'm telling you right now, well, uh, they say, and this is what it could be if you were to buy it by an ounce. They say at nearly $400 an ounce. Now, you can probably find it on sale. But at nearly $400 an ounce, and now everybody's saying, well, she's rich, my goodness. No, amen. At nearly $400 an ounce, it's no wonder 
then that Chanel number five suggests nothing in our minds as far as it being an idea of luxury. It many times has been associated with luxury. It bears the name of the woman who envisioned it, Gabriella Chanel. Her beginning, though, is quite different from what uh, the, the, the perfume that she had envisioned has been associated with over the years. She had lost her mother and her father just a few weeks from the time that she had lost her mother. Her father died as well. And she herself found herself in an orphanage uh, in a convent abbey known as Abazine in the area of southwest France. It was there in that covenant, that, that, that convent abbey there, that she was introduced to the scents of various flowers that they grew in some of the recessed spots there around the convent. It was there that she acquired an affinity for the aroma of clean linens because they were very strict about what they cleansed their linens with and there being creases and so clean linens and the stone walls that were washed down almost daily and, and the fragrances and all of that, that that came together it really got its start in her heart and her mind in that convent there and each of these in their own right uh, would impress what would come to be known as Chanel number five and Gabriella Chanel would later come to be known as most people would know her Coco Chanel you know when you become famous you change your name and so she would be known as Coco Chanel as she had advanced in her years and she became a very uh, fabulous and very well-known fashion designer and, and made clothes and was, was well-known for it. And during that highlight of her life, uh, she presented to the world what was known as Chanel number five. She did it on the fifth day of the fifth month of 1921 to the world. They were introduced for the first moment to that luxurious odor of Chanel number five. But it was during an interview later in 1954 that Chanel number five was immortalized by a woman known by this name, Marilyn Monroe. Because they asked Marilyn Monroe, they said, what do you wear to bed? And she responded that in bed she wore only some drops of Chanel number five and so it was from that time even until now that chanel number five has been what would be called fashionable it's been called luxurious it's been called sensuous amen to wear chanel number five because it had some very powerful associations it was associated with a woman that was a very famed fashion designer in so much that even still yet today of my facts from the book that I had just uh, did some perusing and reading of that even still yet today a bottle of Chanel number no. five is sold somewhere in the world every 30 seconds for a century it has been known for a century it's got some powerful associations with luxury and fashion and being sensual. A person wearing Sister Nadine Chanel number no. 5 associates themselves with the lap of luxury. Amen. The middle class uh, can get that perk if simply they just wear Chanel number no. 5. That fragrance alone would just associate you with the lap of luxury. Beauty and attractiveness is captured in the very essence of the fragrance of Chanel number no. 5. 
You smell that and you're thinking about Marilyn Monroe from the old days that immortalized that. And there's a sense of beauty and there's a sense of uh, attractiveness that is associated with that smell. Now, folks, we understand that smells have associations. Uh, during the days when my father was a mechanic, there was no mistaking whenever he got home from work. Amen. Because the pungent fragrance of vehicle fumes wafted through the house. There's a little gas smell there with maybe a little brake fluid dabbed in there, a little transmission fluid, maybe a little grease from the bearings that got greased that day. All was just in his fibers and in his hands. And whenever he walked in the house, you could get high on that. There was just a certain smell that came along with him. In my own days, in my uh, early life of marriage, I worked for a, a pretty large established pig farm. Yes, I did. And as I worked for that pig farm, uh, as it were, they had certain guidelines. And there were some days, there were some days, and, and a pig farm has its own unique smell, but there were some days uh, that because of the guidelines, I would take at least six showers at work because of the guidelines there. Amen. Uh, restricted me and doing so and I would take six 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 showers there at work and return home and take another shower if you will and still smell like the pig farm I smelled like unprocessed bacon <laughs> yeah in those days some people brought home the bacon and some people came home and smelled like bacon that was me amen but whenever I would even, even I could be away from that place over the weekend. But if I were to start to sweat, and I'm not here to gross anybody out. But if I were to start to sweat, the aroma of the pig farm came out of my pores. I'm serious. And so it would be undeniable that I have been in the presence of some pigs. Be undeniable that whenever my father used to return home that he's either been in a garage or he's a mechanic or something has taken place, something is going on. You know what I'm talking about. Does anybody relate to what I'm talking about? That there's certain smells that have associations. Uh, if you smell uh, like a particular smoke, people might think that you may have been around a fire or a close proximity to a fire because you have the smell of smoke upon your clothes. Everyone knows, uh, for that matter, Sister Sam, everybody knows if you've been to Subway to eat. Because you smell like that good tasting but stinking bread. Yeah. Amen. You smell like the bread. And so, and when's the last time you mistaken a smell of a skunk? Huh? <laughs> when's the last time you mistaken that? So there's deep associations with smells. Smells have associations. The Bible tells us here in our scripture today that Jesus is at Bethany that he oft times resorted to and oft times went to. And he's with some very close friends of him that he seemed to have association with oft times. There's Martha that is there and there is Lazarus that is there and there's Mary that is there as well. Martha is found in her regular lot of life. The Bible says she served, bless her heart. Amen, the servant that she was diligently going about serving and making over the Lord. Lazarus was there one that he had raised from the dead and no doubt very nicely uh, was appreciative to the Lord. Amen. And then there was also the Mary. 
that came into the room, the Bible says, with a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, the Bible says. She wiped his feet, amen, not with a rag, not, not with anything else of that, that notion, but with her hair from what we read in other portions of Scripture. And the Bible says this, that the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. The house was filled with the odor of the ointment. There was an association that was made. Just walk with me here for a little bit. In Old Testament times, whenever we talk about the tabernacle that was in the wilderness, there was an altar called the altar of incense that was right before the place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the presence of the Lord would come down and hover and dwell. It was, the, it was a piece of furniture that was the closest to the presence of God out of every other piece of furniture. And it was on the altar of incense, and this is not real deep, but they would burn incense. The Bible says sweet incense upon the altar of incense. Not just anybody. Uh, was was okayed, if you will, to to put together the incense that was for the altar of incense. As a matter of fact, there were certain people that were guardians over the ingredients that went into the altar of incense. There was another individual whose lot in life was to prepare and put those ingredients together for the purpose of the altar of incense. But then it would be the priest, whenever it was his course or his responsibility, to offer that incense upon the altar of incense, and in doing so, there would be a smell, the Bible says, that would arise from that altar of incense in a cloud of you will of smoke that would arise from there veiling that person from the very presence of the Lord and so not anybody could put that incense together that was not a common everyday smell that would be upon just the ordinary man in order to get that smell on you you had to be a guardian of the ingredients in order to get that smell upon you, you had to be, if you will, a confectionary, an apothecary, a concoctor, if you will, of the ingredients. In order to get that smell on you, you had to be one that was in the position of offering up the incense in order to get that smell on you. And so, if anybody ever smelled like the incense that was on the altar, you knew that if they, somewhere along the line, had to be in connection with some type of service that was going to be rendered unto the Lord. Because you didn't get that in the free marketplace. You didn't get that in your personal home. The only way you could get that if you were in some type of service unto the Lord. Can someone say amen? As a matter of fact, in Old Testament times, the Bible speaks that they would bring their meat offerings. It all times speak of meat offerings. Something that always troubled me is that whenever they had a burnt offering, whenever they had a sacrifice that considered a lamb or a bull or whatever it was, the Bible says many times they'd take a portion of it and they would burn it. And the scripture says it would give a sweet savor unto the Lord. I don't know the last time you smelled a dead animal burning or animal burning or flesh burning. But the last time I smelled flesh burning, it was nothing close to being a sweet smell. Nothing close to being a sweet smell at all. But what they would do is that they would dust the sacrifice with frankincense. They would dust it with some incense, if you will. And then when they took a portion to burn it, that incense was so strong 
That incense was so powerful that the smell of the incense was more notable than the smell of the burning flesh. Amen. And then that would arise as a sweet, sweet savor unto the Lord. And so as they brought their offerings, they were coming in an act of worship. As they brought their incense, they were coming in an act of worship. I don't believe that Mary in her stance was coming any differently when she approached the Lord in that room. The Bible says that the house was filled with the odor or the smell of the ointment. I believe what she was doing in that time period was very deeply connected what they had done in the Old Testament period because there was some aroma that was filling the room. There is no way possible that Mary and Lazarus and Jesus and Mary could leave the house without smelling with what Mary had offered. There's no way that they could have left the house without smelling in their garments or on their person what Mary had offered unto the Lord. And I guess the great thing about this is this. That Mary and Lazarus, or rather Martha and Lazarus, although they did not bring the spikenard themselves, just because they were in the presence of where it was offered, whenever they left their house that day, it would undoubtedly and definitely be known that they had been in the house where worship had taken place. They had been in the house, amen, where that odor had filled the Holy Ghost and the place of the Almighty God. What are you saying this morning, Brother McGee? I'm saying we get a perk and we get a benefit just being where his presence is just being where the Shekinah glory is even if you did not bring anything to offer today and there's no sacrifice laden in your hands and there's no meat there in your hands if you're just in the place where his presence is you can't leave this house without the smell amen of the odor amen of his presence getting on you just like it does the offerer so would say amen. Because you got to understand whenever they left that day, whenever they left that house that day, somebody could pass by Jesus and smell the fragrance of spikenard upon him and later pass by, if you will, Mary and smell the fragrance of spikenard upon her. What has happened in that moment? I'll tell you what has happened. Something glorious has just happened for Mary and those in that presence because she, amen, left that place smelling like the presence just like Jesus she left that place smelling just like the Lord I think it would do us well that whenever we come to his presence we have something to bestow upon him but if not at least be as close to him as possible because where worship happens where praise happens where adoration happens you can't leave an atmosphere like that without smelling just like he does someone say amen and it's great just to be in his presence, to have that upon my life. Amen. And, and you know what? It seems like there's a, something uh, a little trivial there, and that is you can just be around it and get it on you. Martha could smell just like Mary, yet Mary is the one that offered. So there's something that you almost think, man, there's a little, someone got cheated here. Mary brought it. She offered it. And Martha's going to leave smelling just like her. Listen to me, though. There's a distinction in getting the smell on you when you're just a spectator. 
and getting the smell on you when you've participated. Stay with me here just for a moment. Amen. Because we know if we were to just really take inventory of Mary, if you'd be old sniff hound dog on Mary and you would smell her, amen, from head to toe, you would come to find that her head was going to be more stout with the smell of the spikenard than any other part of her body. If you were to smell the Lord, you're going to find out from head to toe, if you were to smell him, the strength of the smell of the spikenard was going to be at his feet more than every, any other portion of his body. How could all of these people be in the same room with him? Amen. And only two of them have two places in their body that the smell was more powerful than any other place. For that matter, how can the smell of the feet of Jesus be stout and that then to be stout upon your head? That only happens when one is in a position where they're worshiping. That happens only when one is in a posture of worship. Worship isn't about how loud you shout. Worship isn't about how much you clap your hands. Worship isn't about how much you dance. All through scripture, whenever Job, after everything happened in his life, amen, he ripped his garments. The Bible says he fell down and he worshiped. Worship's about bowing down. And the way that you get the fragrance of the Lord's feet upon your head is because while you was in his presence, you were doing some worshiping. Someone say amen. amen. You were doing some worshiping. Amen. Someone say amen. Doing some worshiping in the presence of the Lord. Not only was it denoted as worship, amen, but many times it was also denoted as prayer. David said, he said, let my prayers in the Psalms. He said, let my prayers be as the incense. That's what he said. As the morning incense, I think he said particularly. Let my prayers be as the morning incense. We see in the book of Revelation that whenever they're going to offer up the prayers of the saints, they're offering that alongside the incense. We read concerning Zechariah in the New Testament scripture. Here he is. It was his responsibility. Amen. In the priesthood serving his course. He was to maintain the altar of incense. He took that in before the Lord. Amen. Put that incense upon the altar. And the Bible says as he did that, that prayers were made without. It so happens that when the morning ah, sacrifice and the morning incense was burned and the evening sacrifice and the evening incense was burned those were two times of prayer the morning prayer time and the evening prayer time and so associated with the burning of the incense wasn't just worship alone but was also prayers amen there's one way to get the odor to fill the house amen anybody a bystander can get it on your garment but you can only get it on your head if you're a worshiper you can only get it on your head if you're a prayer warrior you can only get it on your head if you're offering up some prayers and adulation unto the the Lord. I cannot just but wonder. I, my mind just went wondering a little bit as people passed by that day. Yeah, man, I smell spikenard upon him. Amen. And to smell somebody else with that distinct smell that was upon him, hey, they must have been where he was at. We need to leave this place every Sunday morning and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night that whenever we walk out of this place and people smell the fragrance of heaven upon our lives, upon our attitudes, upon our lifestyles, they're going to 
take a second guess and say, hey, I noticed that. I smelled that somewhere before. That's just unique to the temple. That's unique to the house of God. That's unique to the presence of the Lord. You get that smell on you only when you're closest to his presence. Someone say amen. Only when we are closest to his presence do those things get upon us. And so out of out of concern it is a responsibility of ours that we got to make preparations. We got to make preparations as we're about ready to go into his presence to bring the ointment. Mm. We got to make preparations. We got to guard. We got to some of us need to be guardians of the ingredients. Some of us need to make some be some guardians of the ingredients. Some others of us need to be some confectionaries, some apothecaries that's mixing this with this and mixing that with that. So the proper balance is there. Amen. Where we get into the presence of the Lord. Amen. With our worship. And you've heard me say it before, folks, and it is absolutely true. We need a balanced church. We need balanced services. You can get too far to one end of the spectrum and not far enough to the other end of the spectrum. We need to preach love. I'm all for mercy all for it but we also got to preach judgment we need a proper balance and mingling together of whatever happens in this place around here and whenever it happens it'll fill the house it's fragrance will fill this place and we'll walk away absolutely without a doubt everybody will know we have been in the presence of the Lord I'll tell you today there's been some times I've left this place and I felt like I've not even been the church what happened I was somewhere in a closet somewhere I wasn't close enough to where he was. I didn't make preparations. Amen. To fall down with my head being at his feet. Someone say amen. Amen. (laughs) So let me tell you what incense did. It went beyond just giving the pleasant smell and the meat offering. It covered up the stink of what I brought. I approach him without incense. The whole sweet savor aspect is gone. It's burning flesh. It's burning flesh. That's putrid. That has a stench. That's not well favoring. But if I come in with the incense. I come in with the worship. I come in with the prayer. That mask or takes away the stench of the burning flesh. It's no longer flesh that he smells, but it's something of a sweet savor that's coming into the presence and into the nostrils of God. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to bring that type of thing unto the master. I want it to fill this house every time that we gather together. Amen. To magnify and praise the Lord. They say over a period of time concerning, amen, Spikenard. And notice, Spikenard, 
Scripture says it was very costly. Judas said it. I know we trust his word about half and half, but speaks of it being very costly. But from my reading and understanding, it was quite a prize-worthy uh, piece of, of, of flask or, or, or bottle or alabaster box of material that did cost, amen, quite a bit. But listen to me right now. The cost of spikenard was not costly because of the perfume or the fragrance or the incense, if you will, within itself was expensive. Listen to me. But spikenard came from distant lands and the reason why spikenard was really expensive what the real expense was is because the transportation of getting it from the distant land to Israel in a day where transportation was not planes major seaborne vessels with cargo cars it was difficult to get the fragrance from where it was to where it needed to be. And the value was placed upon the effort. The value was placed on the effort of taking what was needed from where it was to getting it to where it needed to be. Whenever Mary got that pound of ointment, she wasn't paying for a very valuable substance in and of itself. But what she was paying for was the effort involved in getting that thing from where it was to where it needed to be. It is not an easy task every time to come in here with a hand of ointment to lay at his feet and wash his feet with and to bathe his body with. But folks, God understands and he knows well when somebody has went to a great expense and to great effort to muster up just a hallelujah or a raised hand or a bended knee. He knows the effort that was involved in order to transport that prayer, in order to transport that worship on that particular day. Not every day is my hand this high. Sometimes it's this high. But God knows the effort. God knows the cost. God knows. He says it's not the oil itself. It's because you had the tenacity. You had the courage. You had the diligence in order to get that from where it was to where I am. Folks, sometimes it's hard, but I guarantee you this. If you do it, if you're faithful and do it, you're going to walk away with the odor of the ointment upon your life. Someone say hello. Then, years, years elapse. They say, and I did some reading, studying, found some modern-day websites that sell spikenard. New Testament spikenard. Now, Bishop's going to want to get him a bottle. <laughs> and they say... Years ago, used mostly for hygiene, there were some antiseptic and antibiotic qualities that was with it. But they say a fine line existed 
between the hygienic and cosmetic uses of the perfume. They said in our generation, the fragrance has become more desirable in and of itself than the purpose. Fragrance. Not as much interested in what it can do for you, but how it can make you appear or smell. We have stepped over a fine line when prayer and worship just becomes an appearance before men. When prayer and worship is the emblem of a fragrance of having been in an atmosphere of prayer and worship. Let's get back to the old concept that greater than the smell that it produces is the purpose is the action, is the function that it has in my life and my relationship to God. Because anybody can smell like it if they're in the same room. But again, your head's only gonna be doused with it if you're in worship and prayer and you're serving the purpose, serving the function, serving. It's good to say anybody's blessed for coming to church. Anybody's blessed for being a regular faithful attendee. Bless your heart, you're blessed. You're going to have some of that on your garment. But it's taken to a different degree. There's a different purpose being served. There's a different function. There's a greater kickback, if you will, when you are the one bringing the offering and you're the one bringing the worship and you're the one bringing the prayer. It's going to stand out in areas of your life, be more pungent and prominent than it would just somebody being in the presence I just don't want it on my garment. I just don't want to have a little bit of the smell, but I want my life to be saturated. I want my life to be saturated, saturated. I want it to be serving a purpose, a function. I want it to have... The old... The old Chinese proverb used to say this. said a bit of fragrance will always cling to the hand that gives you roses. I think Mary could bear well what that was explaining right there. Smells have associated. The old man of God, Jacob, came in and fooled his father Isaac as being the man of the field because he put the hairs on his hands. He debased himself in that field where you would hunt. And he came in and his father said, I smell smell of my son as, as the smell of a field. Had the fragrance. Listen. He had the fragrance on him. 
But he was not the son of the field. Hear me. He had the fragrance on him, but he wasn't the son of the field. He was the one that was usually back in the house. But daddy was fooled just because of the fragrance. There was no connection with Jacob in the field. No. He didn't go out and shoot venison every other weekend. There was no connection, but he had the fragrance. The odor of the ointment. But there was lacking the function. I like to be, if I could... Song of Solomon is so poetic in its writing. And I like what the scripture says. The Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 12. And I'm, I'm hastening to a close. I believe this is what happened in Mary's life. The Bible says, as the writer writes, he says, While the king sitteth at his table, says my spikenard, sendeth forth the smell thereof. What are you saying, Solomon? Say, whenever I came into the presence of the king and he was sitting, I didn't come unprepared. The fragrance of my spikenard was already filling the space where the presence of the king was. Here's the danger. Listen, if you read Old Testament scripture, many times you find altars of incense that were on high places high mountains you read where they came in and they were putting all things right that they would tear down these places in the high places and in the mountains and what they were doing brother terry mcgee they were taking sacred incense and they were offering it on high mountains rather than the temple high places instead of the temple and to false gods rather than the god same fragrance, but wrong function. Same fragrance, but wrong association. I don't want to fall prey in my generation to change the association of the fragrance of his presence. I don't want there to be bowing down in places where I leave with the fragrance that is associated with the wrong things. Mm -hmm. with the wrong things that they should be associated with. If you'll stand with me here this morning. <laughs> so they would burn that here and they would burn that there. The writer, I think, of Jeremiah said it best. He was speaking of this time whenever they were doing that. And he told them, and he called it right, Sister Craig. He told these people, time of judgment upon their lives. He told them, your, your actions of burning incense everywhere else but where it should be burned and using the sacred incense for that. He said, all that taking place, he says, it's vanity. He says, it's nothing. It's emptiness. You have the smell, but you don't have the purpose. You have the smell, but you don't have the purpose. If we bow our heads in this place today, the odor of the ointment. My goodness, Mary, what's your deal? Your head really smells awful. Awful strong today, the smell of spikenard. How in the world did that happen? Somebody anoint you a spikenard? No. But I anointed somebody's feet. And because I worshiped it, got on my head. 
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.